What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Friday, October 23rd, year of our Lord, 2020. Thank you very much for tuning in. No game last night, no World Series game to recap. And I think this show today will be what I consider a prep show. And what I mean by that is that it will be preparation for the shows that we're going to be doing in this offseason. You know, this this show is at... I won't say at its best because for the most part, I was pretty proud of the content I was able to come up with during the pandemic. I mean, we're still in the pandemic, but you know what I mean? During the heart of the pandemic, when everything was really locked down, when there was no sports going on, I was proud of a lot of those shows. Now, I had to scrounge for content, but I think I found content, did the top 25 games of the decade list, and and even beyond that, was able to do mailbag segments, which I will be bringing back here pretty soon during the offseason. But no game yesterday, no game to recap, and when there is a season, we got an abridged version of it this year, but this show has a formula when there is a season. You play a game, you recap game, segment two, you preview the next game. Boom, bang, moving right along. I mean, that's that's how this show is run during the season. Well, we haven't had that luxury very often this year with the only the 60-game Tiger campaign and, of course, with the, uh, or I'm sorry, the postseason that's been going on lately. But we're still here. We're still standing. There are a few things I want to discuss before I get into segment two. In segment two, I will preview what will be game three tonight of the World Series between the Dodgers and the Rays. Battle of Aces. Really looking forward to that. Two of my favorite pitchers to watch on the mound this evening. But there's just a few items I want to discuss uh, before I do that. The first one being that a tweet was sent out yesterday. This is coming from Laville E. Neal third of Star Tribune. He covers the Twins and Major League Baseball. He said, as of now, the DH will be AO only next season. I'm hearing the Union and MLB would have to expand it to both leagues through bargaining. So, so it's not out of the realm of possibility that we see a DH in both leagues next season. Not out of the realm of possibility at all. There's going to be a lot of bargaining going on with the, I believe it's the the Players Association or the Collective Bargaining Agreement uh, expires. So we're going to have a lot more labor negotiations to look forward to this offseason. At least it'll give me something to talk about, hopefully. I'm just, I'm so baffled by this. And it, it speaks to what I talked about the other day about Rob Manfred's incompetence because has I am yet to find one person who has been vocal about their contempt for the DH in both leagues. And I said this from the beginning. I've been firm in my belief with this from the beginning, that DH in both leagues was going to be one of those things because it's it's the nature of the culture we live in. There's a, there's a whole culture of people who are afraid of change, who are afraid of moving forward, who are afraid of advancing the game. And DH in both leagues to me was one of those things that I said, you know what? This is something that Rob Manfred should hone in on. He's wanting to change the game. He wants to change pace of play. He wants to make baseball more fun, more energetic, and more lively. This is such an archaic rule that needs changing. And you know what? They did this year. Now, COVID was the main reason for it. I understand that. But this year, they did that. DH in both leagues, I view that, just that element, isolated on its own, in overwhelming success. You know, I, I am so critical of Rob Manfred. I think he does a terrible job. I think he's a bad commissioner. He's bad for the game. He's done a bad job as commissioner of baseball. But he is not beyond receiving praise. Like, if he does something good, I'm going to credit him for doing something good. I was happy with the DH in both leagues this year. I thought it was a great thing. And it's just, it, 
it's where, like, this guy, even when he does good, he can't do good. Because this is so an opportunity for him to win even the slightest of praise and, and say, you know what? This is something we're going to keep. We're going to move forward with this. I think this is something the fans have responded positively to. And it just speaks to his inability to have the finger on the pulse of the fans of Major League Baseball, where everyone said, all right, you know what? The 16-team postseason, it's it's a mess. It's stupid, but I get it for 2020. That that That's fine. I understand it. The extra innings starting runner on second is a terrible rule. Can't stand it. Hate it. Haven't heard a single person who likes it. But I think collectively we all said for a 60-game you know, glorified exhibition season, we'll take it. It's so odd to me, and I know I'm repeating a little bit of what I said the other day, but it, it, it's worth repeating because everything he does is so baffling to me. It's so odd to me that he saw those rules and said, oh, well, that's that's what the fan base is responding to. Like, three rules right there. One of them everyone responded positively to. The other two everyone responded negatively to. He took the one that people almost universally agreed was a good idea and said, now nah, we're changing that. Why is he the way that he is? He is the most frustrating commissioner in the history of sports because he just does not seem to have a, any sort of grasp on what people enjoy in this ballgame. As a commissioner, now you've got to make some tough decisions, but as a commissioner, it is your goal, for the most part, to appease the fans. It is your goal to appeal to the people who follow and love Major League Baseball the most. Meaning, if you if you do something that is popular, stick with that. If you do something that is not so popular, what's, what's the phrase they use in, in, in cooking speak? 86 it? Uh, knock it. Cut it. Let it go. And this was so something he could have easily earned a few points for, and yet they're going backwards again. I think Barstool tweeted, and I'm not like a huge Barstool guy, but they tweeted a, a blog post that I thought was funny where it said Rob Manfred getting rid of DH in both leagues because baseball was becoming too fun. That's kind of what it feels like. That's kind of what it feels like. It feels like every time we're taking steps forward here, we end up taking two more back. It's so frustrating. In other news, real quick, the Gold Glove finalists were announced yesterday, and I guess a slight surprise, maybe, two Tigers were finalists. You had Nico Goodrum, a finalist at the shortstop position, and Jonathan Scope, a finalist at the second base position. Now, I don't, I'll say it up front, I don't think either one of these guys are going to win, but you know what, that is, that's one of those, it's an honor just to be nominated. And I, I will say, you know, as critical as I am of this organization, while I don't think they're going anywhere, and I think they're probably going to be bad for a long time, I will say that it speaks to the fact that this year's team at points was infinitely better than last year's team. Now, I know I've said that a lot. I also, I, one thing I haven't said a lot, that's not saying anything. Like, they couldn't get worse, but hey, baby steps, right? And these were two guys defensively that were bright spots. Jonathan Scope was a, was a bright spot all season. You know, I know he struggled a little bit before going on the injured list with, I believe it was a wrist injury, but solid all year. Good defender, still fairly young, would not be opposed at all to the Tigers offering him a multi-year deal, a three-year deal, a three-year contract to bring him back to Detroit. I, I think he's he's been a wonderful influence on the field and off for, for that baseball team. Nico Goodrum is a weird one. Now, great athlete and found his home at shortstop defensively. Can't deny that. And I want to root for Nico Goodrum because I think there's a lot of things about him that are easy to like. It's a good story. One of those guys that Al Avila in the Dabrowski era was a guy that was credited for kind of finding hidden talent. Hasn't necessarily done that thus far in his tenure as GM, but Nico Goodrum is one of those guys that a lot of people said, all right, maybe they got maybe they got a shot with this guy. Maybe he'll develop into something. Major steps forward defensively this year. Was one of the better defensive shortstops in the American League. 
It also needs to be noted that he took a massive step back offensively this year. He struck out all the time, and he's one of those guys, he's lucky this was a 60-game campaign, because if he would have continued struggling for another 10, 20 games or so, he would have been a guy that they may have considered sending down to the minor leagues if, of course, there was a minor league season in 2020. Like, he was that bad. He was one of those guys who, remember how early on in the season they were striking out all the time, and this was a team that still struck out a whole lot, but Water did find its level a little bit. Like, they weren't striking out 15 times a game like they were earlier in the season. He never lost that. He was striking out consistently all year. Now, that doesn't matter for the gold glove, right? And I give him credit. He honed his skills defensively, became an absolute plus defender at that position of shortstop. So I give him credit for that. But it is disappointing he wasn't able to bring it all together because I I still think, and this is probably naive, I think somewhere in Nico Goodrum is a guy who has four-plus war potential. I just don't think he'll ever find it. Like, you feel like he has all the intangibles. He has power. He's a great athlete. He's a good defender, runs the base as well. He just hasn't been able to find it at the major league level, and it's pretty disappointing. Yeah, so overall, I'm happy for Nico Goodrum. He deserved to be a Gold Glove finalist, but it really is a shame that he took such a massive step backwards offensively in 2020. All right, so that will do it for segment one. When I come back here, got to preview the World Series. Game three of the World Series tonight between the Dodgers and the Rays. We will be right back. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And we are back. So tonight, Game 3 of the World Series, a premier, premier, premier pitching matchup between the Dodgers and the Rays. On the mound for the Rays, you have Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton, 2-2, 474 ERA during the regular season. Ignore all that. Ignore it. Toss it out in the postseason, 3-0-057 ERA. This coming from MLB.com. Morton will be making his third career World Series appearance on Friday, the last time Morton took the mound in the fall classic the right-hander was recording the final out in a game 7 win over the Dodgers in 2017 Morton is 5 and 0 with a 0.70 ERA in 5 postseason starts with the Rays he's been great for them he was so dominant against the Astros in Game 7 of the ALCS. And it really is a shame Kevin Cash had that quick hook taking him out after, I believe it was five and two-thirds, because we it could have been a performance that we look back on as an all-time great series-clinching performance. But as it is, you know, people who watched it will remember it as a dominant effort against an Astros team that had gotten really hot in the postseason. He was remarkable, and I expect he'll probably have his best stuff again tonight. His career arc has been so strange. I mean, it's so rare that a guy finds velocity, that a guy turns it around late in his career. And it's where, like, people people talk about the Astros and how awful they are and how they stole a World Series. And look, I'm not... I'm not defending that aspect of what they did offensively, but there's way too many people who discredit what they've done organizationally, and Brett Strom is the best pitching coach in all of baseball, because one thing I was always curious about is, how in the world did Charlie Morton find velocity when he got to Houston? It wasn't that he found velocity, 
it's that he always had it in that in his back pocket and in Pittsburgh and in Philadelphia. He never unleashed it. You had a guy in Strom who says, dude, you got 96, 97, 98. Air out 96, 97, 98. Don't be afraid to throw that curveball in two strike counts after you follow that up with a 95-mile-per-hour fastball. He's got lethal stuff, and he found it in Houston. And you wondered, you know, once he left Houston, would he take a step back again? He hasn't. He's been every bit as good, if not better, in Tampa Bay. That was such a great signing for them. On the other end, for the Dodgers, you have Walker Bueller. He was 1-0. How weird is that in a, in a major league season? season, even a 60-game season, 1-0 with a 3-4-4 ERA during the regular season. He's got the same record in the postseason, 1-0 with a 1-8-9 record. Bueller will make his second career World Series start after a seven-inning scoreless outing in Game 3 against the Red Sox in 2018. In four starts so far this postseason, he has a 1-8-9 ERA, and his 29 strikeouts are the second most in the 2020 playoffs. I said after he had, I believe it was a six-inning scoreless start against the Nationals in Game 1 of the NLDS last year. I said that this guy could be to the Dodgers what Madison Bumgarner was to the Giants. A guy, great regular season pitcher, a lot of strikeouts, great demeanor, a true competitor, but also a guy who when you get into October is a team that every opposing team does not want to face. I love the energy he brings, but most importantly, his stuff is incredible. I mean, fastball reaching triple digits. He's a prime example of the Dodgers being so good at developing starting pitching because the Dodgers, this is kind of a secret here, Dodgers keep guys down in the minor leagues for a long time so they can refine their stuff. And when Walker Bueller got to the major leagues, he was already cooking with all four burners. I mean, he had three or four pitches that he was able to throw consistently for strikes and he's only grown as a starter you know I know the Dodgers lost game two and I you know I the one thing I've learned over the last couple years you don't count the Tampa Bay Rays out that's a resilient bunch they've come back in series they've won series when it seemed like they were down and out you know they've been a very impressive ball club over these last several seasons but I will say despite the Dodgers loss the other day in game two I, I can't believe I'm saying this, and it's a dumb excuse, but you almost wonder if it was kind of like a punt for the Los Angeles Dodgers because they were so depleted with uh, with their pitching staff. You know, Urias uh, was unable to pitch. Jansen had pitched three days in a row a while ago. Trying and it had been worked. Kelly had been worked. It's like you get to game three, you finally have a day off, and everything for the next three days lines up perfectly for them to use as many bullpen pieces as they want on full rest, along with the starters that they're going to have going. I believe it's going to be Bueller, Urias, and Kershaw, three guys who have pitched some pretty darn good baseball for you in October. It lines up well for the Dodgers to take advantage of and maybe even win this series over the weekend. With that said, you can never count the Rays out. You know They've been so resilient over the last couple of years. They play such a smart brand of baseball. They never beat themselves. Can't wait to watch how this thing unfolds over the weekend. That will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. I haven't tweeted in about a week, which is the longest I've gone in almost a decade. Now, over a decade. And I haven't made a post-game video or any sort of video 
over the last month, which is the longest gap I've gone in almost four years. I'm going to be returning on Saturday with Michigan football post-game videos. They play Minnesota. I'm looking forward to that. You will also find on my personal Twitter account a link to my YouTube page. Subscribe to my channel. Those videos are pretty fun and pretty awesome. I review movies. Subscribe, spread the word. Let's get those watch hours and that subscriber count up, up, up. If you want to follow this show on Twitter, you can. At Locked On Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a five star review, five star written review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. Somebody did the other day and it meant a lot. You know, another five star review. Uh, you people have are very kind. And, and I know sometimes social media has a tendency to really get me down. This is not one of those instances. Uh, I appreciate the kind words all of you have had for me. I will be right back here on Monday to recap the three games that we're going to see over this weekend. In Arlington, Game 3, 4, and 5 of the World Series, will the Dodgers or Rays wrap it up, or will they live to fight another day next week to be determined? But I'm looking forward to talking about all of it. Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for tuning in this week, and thank you for sticking with me all season. We're going to get to the finish line here. We're going to reset. We're going to work on some new stuff for the podcast going forward this offseason. I can't wait. I will see you on Monday. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.